Hello and welcome back to the Eclectic Collection. Today is episode 69 and we're going to discuss haunted places in Pennsylvania. I would say allegedly haunted except that I know that they're haunted so shh, don't tell. Um, Pennsylvania, I expanded it. A lot of it is in uh, Delco because we all know that we love Delco. But uh, this is the entire state. Obviously there's more than what I'm discussing today but these are ones I knew about or have heard about from class and folklorists and either been there myself or experienced some things or had people that, who have firsthand. So in no apparent order whatsoever. Um, let's start with Haunted Hill View Manor. Haunted Hill View Manor was actually a former nursing home and it was built in 1926. And it's kind of a simple story. It's just said to be haunted by all of its old inhabitants. Um, to my knowledge, it still stands as a historical building. A lot of activity there, a lot of, um, they say cold spots. A lot of times they say that you have um, the sense of coldness if there's some sort of spirit around. Not necessarily any kind of violent situation, just a lot of older people and they passed away in that uh, in that place. And some of them, they, I guess, lost their way. Uh, Hotel Bethlehem. It has friendly ghosts. I don't know if Casper's there, but they say that Hotel Bethlehem has friendly ghosts and that it has been um, haunted for uh, quite some time, in particular room 932. Uh, not a person, but a room where people say that they see ghosts a lot. So I don't know if that's apparitional or maybe it's Slimer from uh, Ghostbusters. I don't know. But room 932 is reported. Uh, you can go in and do a ghost hunting thing or just go walk through and take tours. People report coldness is there, a lot of noise, a lot of EVPs, and um, that's supposedly a lot of activity. There are some other famous ghosts there. Um, May Yo uh, was Lady Frances Hope. And uh, she was a singer from 1866 to 1938. She performed in the hotel often. And people say that they can hear her playing the piano and singing even when the piano is closed. Apparently the piano still stands, or a piano still stands there. Uh, Francis, a.k.a. Daddy Thomas, people say that they still see him walking around the boiler room. No, not Freddie. And Mrs. Brong was the landlord. Um... And she ran the hotel a long time ago. People say that uh, sometimes she walks around the kitchen and looks at things on the grill, making sure that things are up to par. So these are um, friendly ghosts that I guess are just so attached to the place that they didn't want to leave. And they had a lot of their uh, kinetic energy, uh, you know, stuck with it. So they stayed with it. So Hotel Bethlehem, um, if you want to go see Casper, it's a happy haunt. Hell's Hollow Wildlife Adventure Trail. Okay, just based on that title, I don't know that I'd want to go there. Uh, so there's a real nature trail there, and you can go visit that. But it is said that Native Americans' uh, hearthigig mysteriously disappeared a long time ago. So um, hearthigig was this uh, Native American Indian that just they have no account for his whereabouts. And, of course, they're very spiritual as a culture. And it's said that his spirit walks among the forest and the masses with the visitors um, just because ever, I assume, once he was taken or gone, you know, he died, and then at some point he stayed in his woods. So um, given that they call it Hell's Hollow, I'm going to say he's probably not too happy, but there's really no report on whether or not he's a happy ghost or not. Um, I would imagine if you're taken from a place, you're not too not too keen. Um, this one is pretty popular for me for different reasons. University of Pittsburgh has the Cathedral of Learning. It's a very popular building. Lots of lectures take place there. It's a 42-story skyscraper. It's a beautiful church-like looking building because at one point I believe it was. It's a centerpiece of Pittsburgh uh, University. University of Pittsburgh on the main campus, and it's just straight up haunted by ghosts. Everyone in there says it. Um, they say furniture moves around when the doors are locked. 
They hear noises, lots of cold spots, things happen at night. Now, it's a very busy building, so there's not a lot of time that it's got downtime. And I guess my connection to it, although I've never been, I've seen it, I have magnets of it, kids that I've taught have sent me info from it and experienced these things themselves. It's also the Cultural uh, Annex Learning Center for Languages. So they teach so many languages far beyond the scope of normal universities where most of your universities teach some basic romance languages and a couple of Germanics. And you generally see Spanish, French, Italian, Latin, German, uh, Russian, Japanese, Chinese. It's kind of what you see uh, these days being taught. They have everything. You can go study, you know, Sanskrit, Swahili, um, you know, subdivisional Creole. You can, you can literally go study almost anything. You study Hungarian there, you know, Swedish, whatever. They have every kind of um of of language that you can really think of which is cool um but it's also the haunted building uh gettysburg talking about famous gettysburg and pa obviously a lot of battlefields in gettysburg and they were uh, a lot of young men whose lives were viciously taken from them quickly so they're not necessarily um angry but lost uh they they say there's like fields and mists I've taken kids there uh, and gone myself as field trips, being both the student and the teacher. And it's really cool. There's like mists that you can see. I mean, you can attribute it, I guess, to morning dew or nighttime uh, uh, barometric change. But you can see like a white mist above almost every morning and every afternoon beyond the scope of what would be standard weather. And people say that it's like the soul's trapped there. Lots and lots of hotels, stray bullet uh, hallmarks. And you could go see ghost tours and physically go see a lot of these things and hear, um, you know, uh, accounts of what had happened and watched the different battles and the battlefields. But so many people died there um, that it's just almost impossible to think that that many souls could walk away or leave or find their way because a lot of them were young men that were going into uh, battle and, and were just instantly killed or sadly died over days and um they're just kind of wandering around together a lot of the reenactors report things or people that go there and um stay overnight they say there's some hotels that you can actually feel a presence there um and then the cold spots I, i've never really heard of anything malicious uh maybe you get a couple angry spirits but for the most part they're just kind of lost like where am i the Old Jail Museum. So obviously it used to be a jail and there's a building that's best known as the site of the hanging of seven Irish coal miners known as the Molly Maguires in the 1800s. Um, tons of other people were hung in that jail, but they sort of like the famous people that were. And a lot of these people were actually innocent. And it is said that they haunt the museum because they're angry that they were um, put to death and that they were hung. So um, it is kind of an icky. Now I... I've heard of this, uh, a lot of people sort of like falsely accused uh, and just killed, you know, just uh, before a decent court system or anything was really in place. So it was sort of um, early on. Um, I'm not sure what the Molly Maguires did, uh, the coal mining Irish group, but if for whatever reason they were, they were killed. So um, these are probably more hostile and angry uh, ghosts. Can't say I've known anyone that actually was here and experienced it, so... Uh, we'll have to find that one out. Uh, Eastern State Penitentiary in Philadelphia. It was opened as an actual penitentiary from 1829 to 1971. It still stands. Uh, it was an actual jail. It was a functioning jail, and it still has cells. Uh, bank robber Willie Sutton was there, and most notably Al Capone uh, was there for a while. as a federal prison, and it is a very cold, dark place. There's lots of hot spots. It's a historical site. You can go there in Philadelphia. Now you can even pay to do an overnight stay there if you want. 
and um, they have a lot of ghost hunter societies and alliances you may have seen on TV. It's been around. And they do like kind of a creepy thing for Halloween uh, during the season. And then anytime you can go in, there's day tours, there's night tours, and there's a lot of activity there. Unfortunately, because it was a prison, lots of untimely deaths, most not natural. A lot of uh, bad people were housed there, a lot of uh, angry spirits, a lot of tormented souls. So it's got a lot of activity, most negative. Uh, people have reported things being thrown at them. Uh, people reported feeling very cold. People reported feeling choked, feeling watched. Um, people that did stay overnight, you can actually stay. I would wander around, but some people would sleep there. I would definitely not sit down to sleep, but they woke up feeling watched or feeling a presence near or on them or at the foot of their sleeping bag. Lots of orbs on um, film, uh, both digital and old black and white. Um, actual film. They've had a lot of EPs, lots of electromagnetic recordings, different infrared. Uh, this is just a hot spot. There's a lot of stuff there. So there's many floors, lots of cells, and they will take you around the guides if you want to go. Um, I don't know what the fee is, but you could pay a fee and, and go either to our tour or go in and actually pay um, to stay overnight. In that kind of thinking is Penhurst Asylum. Um, not, I want to say it's a uh, Kind of not really Collegeville area, but it sounded sort of close there. Closed after 79 years in 1987. It was a functional asylum. It was super crowded, understaffed, and horrible conditions always. There were just too many people, not enough uh, help, and multiple times staff members have been slapped, assaulted by patients, and even people in wheelchairs. Uh, alive and dead. People there were actually insane and would see things and it wasn't like a calm place. You didn't go there unless you had severe uh, problems, uh, schizophrenia, people that were hallucinating, whether it was because of a substance or naturally, chemically. And the, the orderlies at the time that were alive were bitten, spit on, hit, slapped, punched, uh, kicked. And they're saying now still you can go and kind of feel these feels and lots and lots of hot spots. Um, funny they call them hot spots, but they're really cold spots all throughout. And you can go. Um, they also do like a creepy thing throughout the season. There are actual tunnels. There is uh, an underground system. There's 16 buildings. And there's an underground system that leads um, that the patients could walk and the orderlies could go back and forth. An actual morgue. The morgue is a major hot spot. There's also a tower um, and the attic, they say, is just absolutely insane. Again, you could do day tours. They do the spooky fun things at night where people dress up too scary on purpose. Kind of a double whammy there because I don't know that I'd want to hang out all night to scare people when there's actual uh, you know, problems going on paranormally. But they also have um, a situation where you could pay for a fee with a group or by yourself if you want a private tour. Go overnight, spend six or seven hours, and the guides will take you to the hotspots. And they provide even equipment for you that you can go and take EVPs, take pictures, listen to voice recordings, use infrared cameras, etc. And you can bring your own to see it. And there's never a dull moment. There's just so many lives passed there, most uh, not amicably, several that were highly disturbed to begin with. And many uh, died, some of natural causes, some not. And again, it was functional until 87, and it still stands. It is a historical building. I come to find out recently that in uh, Michigan, there's a sister asylum to it. I'm not sure the name of it, but there's a, an equivalent building out there also going on a historical registry. Same situation, highly haunted, and it's going out there uh, as well. The man that owns 
uh, or is in charge of, I should say, the Pennhurst estate out here is partners with the guy in Michigan. I actually talked to them. They're very nice people. I had a long chat with them to find out more about the history. And uh, we plan on going up there ourselves soon. So we'll let you know if the collectors find anything uh, or if we don't come back. Um, Cryer in the Country. Cryer in the Country was a restaurant. It no longer stands. And I believe the Wawa Corporation bought the land. Big old stories go there. It's a restaurant or was in Glen Mills. And the house was built by Thomas Pennell around 1740. It goes back a way long time. And he had a daughter named Catherine who married David Powell. And they had a child named Thomas in 1811. And Thomas would go on to marry Lydia. Lydia Garrigus, pretty famous story. I've always heard about Thomas and Lydia. They moved into this house. Thomas died and Lydia sold the house to a man named Henry Sontier. And Henry Sontier um, apparently got to be chummy in the house. He, he really liked it. And Lydia would go on to remarry, but then die a few years later. So she is said to haunt the house with her first husband, Thomas. But then people also report that Henry haunts the house because he loved living there and never really left. Now, as a, it's no longer a restaurant. But when it was, my many wonderful folklore professors and people that I had physically seen and people I knew that worked there and chefs that I knew, as well as people that had done the historical society on it, because the building was. Basically, it's a no-no to put a bedroom or any bed-type boudoir stuff in a dining room. Like, you don't eat in a bedroom. And the main dining room would happen to be where Lydia's bedroom was. So she was none too happy about that. And although she wasn't vicious, she was a little malicious. She would shake the chandelier, steal your fork, dump over for what seemed inexplicable, uh, you know, inexplicable reasons, uh, the butter dish or a knife would fall off the table or your water glass would spill. A chair would knock over. The chandelier would shake. You'd hear footsteps come up behind you. You would be eating perhaps steak, but smell fish. Or you'd be eating a cookie, but smell a brownie. Um, she would kind of mess with the people because she wanted them out. Thomas was supposedly uh, in, in cahoots with her about this, but Henry really liked the place, so he tried to make it more hospitable. And the ghosts were actually allegedly fighting in the sense that he was like, no, no, we want them to stay because he really liked it as a hospitality situation. And she was like, no, no, they're in my bedroom. Get out. So it's funny because she ended up selling it to him in real life, but neither one of them left. And it's sort of like War of the Roses. They can't seem to leave the place. Now, later on, when it would get purchased uh, by one of the families, I think before it went into Wawa control, they tried to make an expansion. And rumor has it, and if you listen to one of my original podcasts called Titan, I actually mentioned this. Uh, it says a really sad, true story about the dog that was guarding it. I won't spoil that for you. Go back and listen to that episode. I want to say it was episode like two or three. But um, there were many, many a cat and case loader to like dig out earth movers and stuff. And there were guards and cameras and everything. And they went to like move dirt three or four times in a row. The contractors would come out, dig out a space, pour a foundation, wait for it to dry, and then, you know, move the next part of dirt for weeks back and forth in a row the dirt would be all moved back by six o'clock in the morning when the contractor showed up perfectly back. Like it never happened and no one dug it up. They did not want the expansion. They were bitter. And eventually the family's like, okay, somebody's doing this. So to stop that first, they put cameras. Well, 
they would dig it up. They would leave at 5 p.m. The contractors would come back at 6 a.m. And the dirt was still back and moved perfectly. This goes on for weeks. It happens like four or five times. And we're talking about like tonnage, uh, you know, tons and tons of dirt. And uh, the cameras would show everything until the point where the dirt was questionably moved. And it would just go snowy, fuzzy white. And then after the cameras would come back and all the footage would be fine. All the dirt was just back where it was. So you don't see who moved it or how. So they still believed that there was people manipulating the cameras. So then they left the cameras up. They added more cameras and they added some men to guard the place. They called in a security company. Security company stayed all night in vehicles, out of vehicles, walking around and did the same thing. They moved big four piles of dirt. A couple days later, you know, they went to go pour the foundation. No dice. Next day, six o'clock in the morning, all the dirt's back where it was. And they questioned the guards. They're like, you were here. What happened? Two guards claimed that they don't know why, but they fell asleep, the ones in the cars. The guards that were walking around, although none of them were harmed and they were fine, one guy quit that morning and said, I'll never come back here again, and never explained why. The other man, who claimed to be a skeptic, said that everything was in order, and he saw the whole dug all night long. And when he went to leave, it was fine. There was maybe five minutes gap between when he left and the contractors came in. I don't know. Maybe ghosts move fast. After a lot of the shenanigans, they finally add a dog to the situation. And the dog got so spooked that the dog ended up uh, not having a, a, a good ending. Let's just say that. So you can go back and, and listen to that and, just, and listen to that episode. But um, they end up giving up, by the way, and selling the land later on. They had a hard time selling the land because they disclosed that it was actually haunted. And I believe now Wawa Corporation owns it, and they have, like, parking lots and stuff on it that are pretty harmless. But they did eventually destroy that building. But the land, I believe, is still marked historically. Um, so those that's, like, local. And then uh, one other that I like to talk about is the uh, Lamb Tavern. Now, the Lamb Tavern is no longer known as the Lamb Tavern. It was the porch at the Lamb for a little while. Now, I believe Anthony's Restaurant bought it that was in Drexel Hill, and they leveled that place recently, and then they rebought what was the Lamb Tavern. It is a historical building. I worked there. Um, it's part of my book. If you uh, are interested, uh, I wrote a book called Ominous Tales. Check it out if you'd like to. It's And the whole story is in there. Um, but I worked there for a while and I really liked it. It was a great place. Ironically, an owner, um, uh, Harry was supposedly Harry Kinzer, was uh, the alleged owner's uh, innkeeper and there was a sheep farm there. Uh, benign fields. The, the building's very historical, still there. Um, and it was, it was a tavern and a porch, and it was neat. It was right across, um, so, you know, for my purposes, from the um, high school that uh, that I, I went to Cardinal O'Hara, and it was right across there. So I was conveniently going to work after school, junior and senior year. And I worked with a lot of my friends, and we really liked it. Now we hear, you know, footsteps, chandelier would shake. For some reason, screws would appear in the toilet. I don't know why. <laughs> Their candles would be out after I lit them. Um, never anything bad, though. There was always this beautiful staircase that walked up to the second floor where they had like employee stuff. And you did not want to be on the second and third floor by yourself at night. It just, a lot of coldness, felt weird. Um, a lot of happy shenanigans would ensue. Nothing malicious at all. Happily, great food, um, you know, still is. Happily would go there and eat there and enjoy it very much, um, you know, as a, both a, a patron and also working there. And I could stand by the place. But the owners used to fight with the, uh, with the ghosts, if you will, because they would, you would, it was a lamb, you know, known as a lamb tavern, so it had to serve lamb a lot, and then you would, um, 
see that or like one vegetable would be cooking you'd smell another or um lady um the lady of the house used to like to make cookies and brownies so even though the guys weren't making cookies and brownies they'd be making uh, bread pudding for the chefs in the back for the people you would still smell things even when the ovens were off and the kitchen was cleaned they also had an outdoor outside basement um that held the linens and all the extra things there's a dread going into because it was always uh you know really really dark and really scary and made strange noises and you'd hear these footsteps and things and um always looking over your shoulder definitely cold you know felt like something was there but again nothing malicious nothing bad always a, a really cool place to go and um still stands so you can still go eat there today and that's uh, in delaware county so all these places are throughout pennsylvania and i um there's certainly more i'm sure that i that i missed and you're welcome to share that with me um if you'd like to send in information i'd love to hear it and please uh, do so because i'm always liking to add to my list but these are uh mostly around uh, my my area in the southeastern part of pa but there are certainly some out west of pittsburgh and and in the mid uh part of the state gettysburg etc so if you've been or I can inspire you to take a trip or you like any of this or research it, by all means, I hope I've provided you with some fun to do so and, and you like the uh, the spooky and the occult, then you, hopefully you'll you'll dig this. If you liked what you heard today, then check us out at eclecticcollectionpodcast.com or listen on your preferred platform. I'm Terry Tanaglia. Thanks for listening.